I'm going to just open the podcast because I, it's going to be hand in hand with what we're going to talk about. So welcome to Splatter Brains. I know, I see the look on your face, Brad, but welcome to Splatter Brains. This is a horror podcast all about things horror and various versions of the genre, uh, be it written word, movies, etc. Mostly movies, but hey, I'm one of your four hosts, Alex. Uh, say hi, Brad. Hey, Brad. Say hi, Nikki. Hello. Hello, Karen. Yes, hello. Great, we did that. So, um, this week, in celebration of the 6th of July when we're recording, and I think, I believe, what, the 12th when it comes out? No, 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 the uh, 14th when it comes out. You, you, okay, I'm just going to say yes. My character says June. I still need to flip it. Okay, cool. So, in celebration of July 6th, uh, we wanted to celebrate America... And we watched the first three Purge films. So speaking of purging, last week I attended a a screening of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the Smod Castle Cinemas in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, the one that is owned by Kevin Smith. And I've been waiting to... Did I tell you this story already? Any of you? Okay, great. So I had a problem with it. Last time I went to the sort of the Horror Nights thing they had... Uh, it was Sleepaway Camp, which is a goofier movie and pretty wild. And I understand why people would be laughing the whole time, but it's still fucking annoying. And that was going on a little bit this time, but not as big a deal. So I showed up, I went by myself, and uh, when I sat down, I was like, I was just only a seat away from this person. And I noticed a guy with a big bucket of popcorn, and he had one of those little like seasoning, like, I don't know what the brand is, but they're like the various flavors. So you can get like ranch cheddar, et cetera. It might've just been seasoned salt. And he started pouring. seasonings. That's one of the top brands. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's what it looked like. I should have uh, grabbed it because it was there after the the movie, but uh, they started to pour. And I was like, well, that's a lot of salt. They poured for 30 to 45 seconds. I, and it wasn't like it was sprinkling out, so they were shaking. It was pouring out of the thing. It was the most salt I've ever seen put on anything, and I love salty food. So this was very strange. Um, I thought that was going to be the end of the story, but it's not. Um, the movie went for about like, 10, 15 minutes. There were two guys behind me who were apparently big fans of the movie, but they kept like pre-laughing at everything. And Texas Chainsaw, not really a movie I want to laugh at. Like, I get that it's old and you can kind of see, like, some of the production stuff because it's a 70s film. But uh, it's like, I'm trying to remember what scene it was. Uh, Leatherface had not hit Boyfriend in the head with a hammer yet by just showing up out of nowhere. So this is before anyone in the movie had died yet. We'd already seen the hitchhiker get out of the van, etc. But uh, from the, the one seat away, I... I see, I hear the guy kind of go, and then he proceeds to stick his face in a popcorn bucket like a sitcom and purge himself of the popcorn he had been eating. This happened four times. Four. And he was just sitting there, and I turned and looked at him, and I was, like, panicked because, like, he didn't sound sick because he was talking to people before the movie. And no one was saying anything to this guy, and the whole theater could hear him. Uh, It's not that big a theater. It's probably like a, like, 75 seat theater and i finally was just like be a human alex was like dude are you okay do you need me to get you water or something and he just goes yep it's a little (laughs) too much just a little too much salt 
And he just sat, like, looked back at the screen, like, ah, so that happened. And he sat for, like, a couple minutes. And then he, fi- like, holding a bucket that he, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he gets up and just finally walks out. I still see the seasoning thing on there. So I think he's coming back. He does not come back. Oh. But, uh, I, so for the first time in horror movie history for me, I saw somebody throw up during the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it wasn't related to the film. That's amazing. Did question? Yeah. Did he? Uh, was it whole face in the bucket, or did he hold the rim beneath eyesight whole so he could still watch? Face, like oh, so it wasn't that he, he was like protecting us from having to see it, but I had to hear it, which I'm not going to describe to you now. There was splashing involved, and it was disgusting because, like, he went once, and I think that bucket was empty, and it wasn't when he left. But like, I have had a few weird things in movie theaters. I think I've told the story about the very drunk couple trying to get it on at the back of the theater during Beetlejuice at the music box. This was much funnier. If he was sick, if like I could hear it in his voice or anything like that, and he was spreading a disease, I'd be like, oh no, if I hadn't seen him pouring all that salt on his popcorn, I might have been worried about sitting three feet away from this dude while this was happening. But yeah, that's that was my story about purging. Did you give him a sticker? I gave him nothing. I, yeah. I, as we were leaving, the people a couple seats down from me, as there were, there's a few empty seats next to me, uh, I I said to like one of the hosts because it's a different horror podcast that hosts these movie nights. I was like, "Hey, thanks for the screen. I got to see somebody puke during a movie." He's like, "Holy cow, man!" Like I, he clearly had seen it too, and uh, the people behind me were like, "We're really scarred from that." That was our whole conversation. You should have handed him a sticker and be like, I heard you splatter your brains out. Check us out on Spotify. That was really gross. What have you been up to, every single one of you, since we've been so sporadically a group? I'd say Nikki. Nikki, you're the one that hasn't been on for the longest. No, I've been away. Um, I was just telling Brad and Karen was in Boston for work things there were so many friendly squirrels brad would have had a field day were you in the commons where this was happening uh, yeah the public gardens next okay. to okay okay yeah I, I went there one time with tiff and that was the situation there was people with seed out on their arms and there were squirrels on them <laughs> yeah it was yeah. crazy one of those kind you don't even need a fanny pack they i was gonna say you're telling have- me i could just walk through this place fanny pack open and just get the squirrels without any yeah, he's like scooping like a big net. Yeah, damn, so, dude, I gotta go. There was that. Um, I was in Minnesota, just bopped around, just kind of. And you know what? I was saw you on the Stone Arch Bridge. Did it smell bad? Um, not any worse than living in a city. The city. Okay. Sometimes but the Mississippi River doesn't smell good. Here's a fun fact: when I was in Minneapolis. It's when the Canadian wildfires hit there, and it was the worst air quality in the world. And then it was in Chicago was the worst air quality in the world, like the week after when I was here. So I was in two of the worst air quality in the world places, and I'm probably unwell. That's got to be my life. It's got to be a genre of like dark tourism, right? Like I want to travel to the places that have the worst air quality. To knock it off my bucket list. Yeah, and I heard it was moving to Connecticut, so I was like, "Oh, book your flight, book my flight." Yeah, should be. I'll be there. Uh, you know, tomorrow. You can write like a the premier travel blog on like smog cities. Speaking of um, 
made up horror, I had this idea. I was at lunch with one of our mutual friends and we were talking about how he has a two-year-old child and how like, you know, two-year-olds like aren't, I hate to say it, but they're like just not smart yet. Like they don't really know how to like do things or like talk or stuff. But then I was like, what if that two-year-old child who goes to daycare what if it's, like, Toy Story and he, like, knows exactly what's up? Like, this kid, it's, like, the movie Look Who's Talking with John Travolta, Kirstie Alley. Like, they're all talking as, like, real adults to each other and then they go home and, like, play dumb. So what if that was a horror movie and they were up to nefarious things and the movie, the horror movie, is called Look Who's Stalking? What about that? That's a good one. That's a good idea. Brad, don't encourage her, please. No, I'm gonna. I have a question for Karen. Karen, what yes. did you do for uh, Independence Day a couple days ago? Um, I watched the 1996 blockbuster film Independence Day. I knew it. I knew it from our last conversation. <laughs> so, Karen, on April Fool's Day, do you watch April Fool's Day? No. On Christmas, do you watch the movie Christmas? I think that's a movie. <laughs> it's not a movie. I, was, I thought I'd be able to just hammer out like all the the holiday horror movies that are specific to one set. It holiday. would make more sense if you asked me on Halloween. Do I watch Halloween? Yeah. Sometimes I do. You watch Thanksgiving on like, Thanksgiving? Uh-uh. Well, you'll eventually be able to watch Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving because it's almost done. Do you watch? The Purge on March 21st. Is no. that what day it is? Because I meant to put that in my notes and I didn't. It is, yes. Three, two, one, baby. That seems like a cold day to oh, have Oh, is that, is, that, is that why they chose March 21st? I don't know. I just thought of it, but I do have this vision of them being like three, two, one. Purge. Maybe we would have learned if we watched one more movie and watched the first Purge, but... Oh, All right, yeah. so before we, uh, you make me do that, which I really hope you do not, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, was this your idea, Brad? Uh, it, was, it was Kara's idea, sort of. Uh, she wanted to watch The Purge out of nowhere. And I said, hey, guys, let's watch these movies for Independence Day. I'm glad you only picked three, because it took me a while to get through three. Yeah, But I did. And uh, my question to all of you is, had you seen any of these before, or what is your relationship like to the series, Karen? Um, I know I had seen probably the whole thing in its entirety, but piece by piece, so not in one sitting, of one of these films. But I didn't know which one, because I didn't actually sit down and watch it. Um until we watched them and it turns out it was anarchy purge anarchy. So that was the only one I had technically seen before, but not in one go. So, so it took me a minute to realize which one it was. That's the same one I had seen before. And I saw it in theaters. I don't remember what friend dragged me to it, but that's the only one of the series I had seen. Anarchy? Yeah. Nope. That was, yeah, that was, I think it's just, it's been on like different channels. There's like on a TV somewhere. So I've seen like chunks of it. Just sitting in the bus station, the Purge Anarchy's on the TV, and you're like, just, I've seen just some like, of this. I know I've seen at least part of this. Yeah, so that's the only one. But um, I did watch the first three, but not the last one because we didn't have to. <laughs> or the two seasons of the TV show. Oh, yeah. 
Is it a TV uh, show? No. Yeah, 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 there is that a has TV two show. seasons. Yeah, no, I did not watch that. Nikki, had you seen any of the purges before? Yes, I saw the original purge in theaters. I think with my mom, and I have watched it like two times after, which I know is maybe surprising. I've also seen the purge anarchy. Uh, so this was my second time seeing that, and then had not seen the third, nor the fourth, which I still haven't seen, because we didn't have to. I haven't seen any of them. And uh, I wish that were still the case. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I, I, what I'd said to Karen earlier, I'd only seen The Purge Anarchy, and I, this was kind of a hit job going in because the idea and the premise has already kind of been beaten to death in our pop culture because there have been so many of these. And even when the first one came out, I, Rick and Morty did an episode making fun of the concept, and it kind of abandons some of its ideas and how ham-fisted it is. And the, like, I don't even know where to begin because we could probably say what other people have said for years and years and years although i didn't know going into this that all of the movies were um like i didn't remember yeah. anything sorry yeah, well, yes that's true uh well you know i always talk shit about blumhouse and how they have this like low budget like for every get out there's like five purge movies and i didn't realize like this is probably the example i should have like leaned on because for the first thing i'll start with it's i don't think any of them are horror movies they're like, yeah, I, I felt like these were really cheap action movies, and even, the second and third one both felt like bad Escape from New York. But that first one, being a home invasion movie, I feel like somehow that's the one I liked the most of the three, and For that's sure. that's the one that does the least with the concept. Well, let's let's talk about the first one first, then. Um... Nikki, you said you saw it in theaters. You want to give us a uh, rundown of the a synopsis of it? Yeah, I'll give you the uh, Google one in front of me. In an American, in an America ravaged by crime and overcrowded prisons, the government sanctions an an annual twelve hour period during which all criminal activity, including murder, is legal. James Ethan Hawke and his family face the ultimate test when an intruder drags the vicious outside world into their home and him and his family try to survive the night while trying not to turn into monsters like the ones they are striving to avoid. All right. So star of this movie was the DD Ramon wig that the wife was wearing. <laughs> I don't remember that character's name. Chrissy Lannister. Thank yeah. you. That's very helpful. Yep. But it, yeah. So uh, Ethan Hawke sells people security systems and his neighbors are envious and at some point his son uh lets in somebody outside who's crying for help it turns out that is a lower class man and patrick bateman and a bunch of other people show up at the door and say give us our person to kill because it's our right to purge or we're breaking in there and the whole movie is a struggle between keeping people out of the house because they're waiting for their gear to show up and it's just a fucking truck with chains and uh they're going to bust in and kill all of them if they don't give them their one homeless guy. That's the purge. And it's the same murderers from The Strangers. This is just uh, the murderers went to a different house. All three of these movies have this problem where you see the creepy masks, they get close, and then they take them off. 
Like, why'd you wear it here if you're just going to take it off as soon as you show up? Okay, but here's the thing, though. This is, when I saw the first Purge, the um, the main guy who on Google, the main bad guy is called the Polite Leader, played by Rise Wakefield. He has the scariest Probably Reese. face, R-H-Y-S. Yeah, Reese. Oh. How do you know? Reese Darby, he's a famous comedian. He's I on thought Our he Flag was Rise Darby. That's why I said Rise. <laughs> Rise Darby. Rise. Rise, Wakefield. Wake. Rise. Field. Field. Anyways. Well, anyway, he's got a spooky face. He's handsome, but spooky. You know, for like, I know it's not him, but for the longest time, I thought he was the dude from Empire Records. Uh, You're talking about Ethan Embry. Thank yeah, you. Ethan Embry. I thought it was Not him. He looks like him. Rise Embry. Embry. We can talk about it another time, but there's a movie. He's been in a lot of like independent movies in the last like handful of years. Did you see The Devil's Candy? He plays a metal dad in that movie. It's pretty good. It's really you mean unsettled. A metal Zad. He... Yes, yes, I do. He's like very sure. Made out of metal? Yes, yes, indeed. Metal, 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 metal. Um, yeah, I. This first one was probably the one I enjoyed the most out of it. Uh, I love Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey. Uh, it's weird that she was in this movie, like at like peak Game of Thrones fame, but I don't know. Was, probably... this, was this 2013? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not peak. Uh, it's up there. Okay. Um, just while we're pronouncing things, are we sure it's Hetty? I always said it was Lena Headey. I thought it was uh, Lena Risey. Um, so the the concept behind the purge is like mildly interesting at best, and these movies do do like at least it's creepy. I'm not saying I advocate it because there are weirdos out there that are like, yeah, that'd be fucking cool. We need to do that. But at least these movies sort of try to touch on like the sort of like classist nature of what the purge is. I mean, it does that in a way that is so roundabout like just pretending like if they gave you one day to murder whoever you wanted or half a day to do that you would feel better the rest of the year and that would solve problems like there'd be no yeah. unemployment it's like well i understand the point was the the class differentiation of everybody and like how that's like a weird it, a weird issue hilarious how i worded that but it's i it just doesn't land ever for this would ever solve a problem and people would agree to this but I know that's not the point of the movie. Yeah, I, it it sort of introduces the idea that like the elite are getting the poor to kill one another, uh, because that's sort of like happening in our society minus killing. Like the leader, like the the poor, uh, the non elites that control the government in America are like against one another, and while the elites are like making it rain on themselves. Um, but it introduces the idea that the elites are getting the poor to kill one another, and it really doesn't. This movie especially doesn't really go much deeper than a homeless man is running through a rich neighborhood and there are other rich people chasing the homeless man. Um, that is sort of like the inciting act for everything that happens in this movie apart from like, oh, the purge is coming. We got to lock up our house um, because the son of the family is uh, he sees him on the cameras and he undoes his dad's code and lets the homeless man in. Um that is what lures like these hunters to the house to break in and everything. Uh, I think this movie is probably the most horror-ish of them. Um, because they're like, 
there's some pretty good. I'm not trying. I'm not gonna wear this. It's creepy to like the idea that there's just like a man you don't know running around your house in the dark, like scampering away. Um, well, they they also are. This is sort of the budget showing in the movie. They keep losing people in the house or saying goodbye to them. Like, yeah. we'll see you later another time. Like, yeah. the daughter was like, I gotta go. I'll talk to you later. And she that's like that's how she would end her conversations. Like this house had gig- like was the size of the Louvre, and it yeah. didn't. It never looked that big. I know it was supposed to be that big. It just never looked that big. Yeah. The uh, let's see. So I'm, I'm gonna be jumping ahead a little bit here. Like it's just a standard like home invasion. Like the how I don't know how I might have missed this part. I tried asking Kara and she didn't really know either. I don't know how the uh, the perjure people, um, like the sorority girls and frat bros that were hunting the homeless guy. I don't know how they got all of the security system down at the house. Like they smashed the front door with the truck, but then like all the windows were open too. After that. Yeah. You just see them pull the metal off the door. That's it. Well, and then the power is down. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. You'd, you'd think that that would make the door stay down and or the whatever. Fuck it. Uh, it's a movie. I really didn't like how they sort of talked about how this whole thing is like a class struggle a bit. And then while the family is being hunted by the people that inevitably inevitably get in, they're saved by their rich neighbors who are all planning to kill the family because they're jealous that the husband, Ethan Hawke, sold them all security systems and like made a bunch of money off of them. They're like, oh, we we owned the upgrades to your house because we paid your husband for the security systems. Like, so the neighbors are all going to kill the family. All of these movies have a problem where they're trying to make a statement about American politics, and then the ending is idealistic and flag wavy. Yeah. All of them, it's well, ridiculous. What annoys me the most about this one is they introduce the concept of the the, the the class struggle of it all, and then the homeless man saves the family from the neighbors. That, and then at the end, Lena Headey is like the the homeless man's just gonna leave while Ethan Hawke spoilers gets killed. The homeless man's leaving to like resume his homeless life, and Lena Headey's like, "You okay?" He goes, "Yeah, I'll be all right." And then it just ends. Like she's not like, "Hey, thank you so much." Like, is there anything I can do for you? She's just like, "You good?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm good." And the, go the end. That's <laughs> stupid. Uh, I felt like after watching, like getting to the third movie, I do kind of want to watch the fourth movie because I feel like this has a Fast and Furious like. Like just a pull behind it, where each movie just keeps getting more and more ridiculous. It it should have started that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say I agree that I the horror aspect of it is just the gore aspect of it, which I feel like if that's the case, then you should consider the John Wick films horror movies, right? Um, But I love a good action film, so because I love the John Wick movies, so. That didn't make me upset watching these. In fact, I probably feel like I like these movies more than the three of you. <laughs> these aren't great. Keep in mind, I, I don't I don't think they're good movies, but as, again, a big fan of the Fast and Furious think, franchise. Um, you know we don't care about the overall, like, um, objective quality of a writing of a film. <laughs> we just like movies. You can like the movie without having to qualify sure. that you like... I mean, Fast and the Furious did a good thing by embracing the over-the-top shit. I remember yes, when I saw the second did. one so when I was in, great. like, junior high, and he jumps a car onto a boat, 
And I was like, this is fucking ridiculous. It's never going to get worse than this. And then I oh. saw Vin Diesel driving a car between skyscrapers in Dubai. The purge should be doing that. Murder yes. is not the only crime. And like, yes. I want to see crime all over the that's, place. And all we see is like half ass murder in streets populated by 20 people at most. Yeah. It is. Uh, but that was, that was kind of the, I think it maintained my enjoyment of the films throughout and did make me want to watch the the fourth one because I've seen all of the Fast and Furious well, movies. The first Purge, and there's the Forever Purge, so there's actually two more. And then there's the TV show, so there's five of these. Well, I'm not going to watch the TV show. Let's let's be very okay. clear. Right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not into it. Um, but I will watch those other two movies most likely. But all that said, I'd say of the three of them, my favorite the one i enjoyed i think the most was anarchy um and not because i'd seen it in chunks and bits beforehand but um of them all i just i liked that one the most i felt like it had the most uh it gave you the most anxiety watching it i feel like it was the most suspenseful for i think obvious reasons but um the first one was probably my least favorite i think partially because it was a home invasion film more than anything else and i just think there many others were done so much better than that one. And Lena's head and Lena Hetty's wig was just absurd. And Brad, this movie came out in 2013. So I would say just before the height of game of Thrones, but it was starting to get there. So it makes sense that um, to me that she was in that movie, but that's, that's all I got to say on the foist movie. Nikki, how do you feel about Frank Grillo? This is what I've been waiting for. This exactly, <laughs> it's the it's the one recurring character between two and three. He's the like generic white guy savior, the one that's like oh, sort of the like, yeah, I've got yeah. guns in a car and I need to avenge my son. That guy. Yeah, what a trope. Um, the first one. So, couple of things. One, when I saw it in theaters i really liked the idea like one i just liked the concept of it i remember like the kind of creepy tornado siren sound to show the start of the purge is like silent hill vibes which is super great um the way that they shot the villains through the security cam through that like fisheye lens with this creepy face the polite leader rises face um I really liked that about it, but overall, I remember just feeling about the original Purge, that it just completely does not deliver anything about the concept. You have this, like, crazy, expansive uh, concept where crime is legal, like, anything is possible, and you consolidate the entire movie to a single middle, upper-class family home. Um, so I thought that was such a weak part and so not to jump too far into the second one but the second movie I really enjoyed the first time I saw it because it was what I wanted from the first film even though it wasn't a good movie but we got to explore multiple different families and sort of experiences of the actual purge night and that's what the first movie should have been and I actually thought it was interesting um, I totally thought that the first movie would have had a second or a, a different director than the rest of them because it 
to me, it looked like, oh, someone saw the first purge was like, this guy didn't do enough and then made the rest. But it, I didn't realize it was the same guy, James DeMonico, for all of them. And because there was like a year between the first and the second one, it almost feels like he watched the first one and was like, oh, my God, we could totally leave the house and like we could explore this and then like got to work. Uh, it's like it's me every Halloween when I don't know what I want to be for Halloween. And then the day after Halloween, I think of a good idea and I have to like wait for the whole next year. So that's my feelings on the first purge. Well, let's talk about anarchy. Um, thanks for talking about the first purge, uh, everyone. Does anyone want to give us the synopsis of the purge anarchy, Karen? I knew you were going to pick me, and I was like, oh, shit, I got to remember how. I, I have to remember how it started, because I just remember the ending. Uh, oh, right, then it's in the cafe. So you meet you meet your, like, main final girl character. Um, shit, why am I blinking on her name? Eva? Eva? Eva, thank Eva. you. We meet Eva and her coworkers at this little cafe that they, they work in. Um, and then we go home, and we meet you know, Eva's family, her dad, and then her daughter, Callie. Um, and even Callie are kind of our main, two main characters for the entire, pretty much the entire film before we meet our third main character, which is um, Frank Grillo, or I think they call him the Sarge in that one. So then we meet this guy and he lost his son and he's clearly going to go purge and, and avenge him. Like, duh. Um Whereas even Callie are just trying to stay in and survive the night and, you know, hunker down. And uh, Eva's dad decides, you know. There's the, the divorced couple, too. Or the divorcing couple. Separating. They're separating. Sorry, this, is, okay. this is her coworker. We have to get there, guys. We haven't. That's one of the don't, coworkers. Don't we start with the divorcees? Oh, God. Those two. God, I hate yeah. those guys. Yes, there you go. and then we also have the divorcing couple. They're yeah, separated. Yeah, the guy from Midnight Mass, and I don't yes. know the other actor's name. Yeah. yeah, yes, thank you. I completely forgot of them because they're my. They were my because they're non-characters. They're, because they're, that's yeah, a thing in these movies. Yeah, yeah, they're the they they help the plots in some points. Like mm, good for them. But so yeah, so I guess we have three main blocks of of characters. Yes, the di- separating couple, um, who get stranded on the side of the road. Because some folks, I think, cut their brake lines, or I don't fucking know what they did. There was things leaking out from underneath. They got stuck a couple hours before the purge on the side of a road, and no one's helping them. And then Eva and Callie and their grandpa go and uh, hunker down. And then Frank Grillo, I'm just going to call him Frank. Uncle Frank. Um, Frank is getting ready to go purge. And we've come to find out that Eva and Callie grandpa dad um has decided to sell himself as an offering to some uh rich people because he's dying let's assume of cancer of some kind and uh he wants to leave his family with something and they're going to get a hundred grand for it and but all hell breaks loose their landlord comes in breaks into the house tries to like rape and kill ava and then some who look like paramilitary folks like Boston and try to take them. And that's when our good friend Frank finds them while he's riding around trying to purge uh, and saves them. And now, and then all of a sudden the couple also manages to find Frank's car when he's off saving Callie 
and Ava, and then they all get in the car, and now it's the five of them, and we're all together, and everything happens with them after that. Uh, they try to take refuge in one of Ava's coworkers' place, but um, coworker is having an affair with her sister's husband, and sister decides to shoot them, and then they have to leave. All this time, they're also being hunted by this paramilitary force, um, which we don't really know who that guy is, right? The dude in the big semi-truck. Garen, take this as a compliment, but I think we could just say three groups of people get stuck during the purge, and they all try to help each other get through. I I actually refer to this movie as, um, for somebody who doesn't, who knows very little about The Punisher, except for how cops use it as a false flag narrative, I felt Correct. like it was a Punisher film. Even with his name being Frank, I don't <laughs> think that's an accident. Yeah, I was, the entire time I was like, if Frank Grillo wasn't already in the MCU, he'd be like a perfect Punisher. Like, this is just a Punisher movie. It actually made me want to watch the Thomas Jane one, which I'd go to bed for. Yeah, I like that movie. So, yeah, I, f- I basically thought this was a Punisher film, even though I know nothing about Punisher. Um, but that's what it felt like to me. Uh, the end was my favorite part of this film uh, because basically they all get captured and taken to be purged by a bunch of rich people who are being, who get to like pay like an auction to purge these people and they end up being the last purge of the night. So it's like 200 grand that people bet or auction, but pay to kill them. But because, you know, our good friend, Frank, um, the Punisher is with them. He ends up taking out all of them except for like two and they ran away. Um, Oh, and Michael K. Williams, who RIP lost too soon. One of my favorite people ever. Um, It plays like the, I don't know like Che Guevara type character of the anti new founding fathers and, and stuff. And they come and kind of save the day. Um, and then Frank doesn't end up purging his son's killer. Uh, that just felt so ham fisted in there. God damn. But outside of that part of the film, that, that part of the end of the film, I liked the end of the movie. We should just give like the shortest rundown of the third one that I can oh, do yeah. for us. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. because it's... these movies are so similar um, that I think we could have a discussion about the two of them together. You're welcome to tell me no, and we could keep it more concise. No, Nikki, we... Brad, Karen, do you have feelings? Okay, cool. Uh, I have slight feelings just in that. I mean, yes, I agree that they're. you can literally just splice in scenes from the third movie and second movie together, and you wouldn't even know the difference because it's Frank Grillo and a few other people are just going from gunfight to gunfight to gunfight until the movie just kind of ends. Um, Correct. Yes, that's the, basically the point I was going to make. I don't know which one I liked less. Uh, this one bored the fuck out of me. I was just bored. Uh, I can't sit and watch two hours of like, what are we going to do? Oh, Frank's just going to shoot them all. Okay. I I don't know. It did nothing for me. Um, and then, yeah, the plan is just Frank saves everyone. A couple of them die. A couple of them live. One of them, the, I think the guy in the, the separating couple dies. And then the woman's like, well, my story's done. I'm just going to be a freedom fighter now. Bye, guys. And then she's out of the movie. Yeah, it, just, it just bored me. I don't know. I think, That's... too, the second to purge anarchy in election year, they, like, start to become this, like, weird trying to be, like, Hunger Games and hostile like they're making the people run around like rats in a maze and shooting them and then like the rich people buy poor people to kill them. 
So it's like they borrow these concepts from other horror movies we've seen, but like do it in an uncool way. And like, even though I like the second one kind of the most because it explores more of what's going on, it's like, yeah, we're still just watching murder. It's like, where's the petty crime that we could be yeah. involved in? Like, you know, uh, I don't know. There's no, th- there's no theft. There's no like heists that could be happening. I will say, so I haven't seen the first Purge, that movie, um, but I have I seen. About it. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, but I have seen um, like horror directors' critiques of the movie as their favorite of the franchise. And a lot of it is because it, it kind of explains how they got to where the purges, like when we're seeing it in these first three movies. And that is the first purge is actually exactly how you're describing it. It was all just petty crime. Like no one was really going after each other. And that's when the government like intervened, sending out like vans and shit to start the murdering because it wasn't People were just like out in the streets partying and doing drugs is pretty much what they were doing and looting. I think they said that in this one. Like, that's why they were capturing people is, like, at the end of the movie when Frank gets shot by the government official because he was saving people. Like, as he's leaving the house when he's decided, violence yes. is beneath me now. Um, he uh, he says something about, like, people weren't killing each other enough, so we yeah. stepped in to do Yeah, a so they do allude to it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in that. But, that it, but the first purge kind of covers all of that and, like, how that got started. Which, you know, I probably will end up watching that movie. But I feel like the purge like the first movie in the franchise should have been that because it would have set the ground where i mean i guess i don't know i guess the guy who's right the the director he is like the he's like vin Di- he's like the vin diesel of this franchise like he um, like he writes i think most of them, co-writes at least most of these films um so i'm Did guessing he's write all the fast and the furious movies no he i His would not be imp- i mean that would be impressive but no he's not that talented um you know, Kieran, I am interested in, uh, I say interested, but with a caveat that it's The Purge and it's also still written by James DeMonico in The First Purge because I annoyed Kara to uh, to tears during these movies because I was very interested in the politics of it all. Like, wait, how would this even happen? How would insurance companies that are huge lobbyists like approve of such a thing? Like, nobody would have insurance during these purges because like... But the insurance companies have to pay out the ass. Like, what the hell? And then I, she was like, it's just a movie. Shut up. Please shut up. And then the third movie, somebody mentions, like, his purge insurance lapsed last year. And I'm like, see, I'm not the only one. I am yeah. interested in sort of, like, the politics side of it well, a little bit. But. Even them being, like, like the hospitals and police are closed, or closed for the evening, it's like, well, then they're just going to be fucking slammed the next day. Like, unbelievably, all you're doing is pinching the fucking hose. And then you're going to make life so much worse after that. Yeah. And imagine, like, the legal uh, pursuit of, like, if you had a crime that, like, dipped into, like, 7.01 a.m. or something. Like, imagine, like, the small claims court. Or what if, like, you injured somebody at, like, 6.58 and they died after the purge? Like, are you liable for their death after that? I'm going to guess no. Why? I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to guess no. (laughs) We should have Legal Eagle explain the purge. <laughs> yes, I would. I would. That's a movie I would watch. And so in this one, they did introduce a concept. Uh, so like Gampy, um, the main. You said her name is Eva. Her dad. Uh, he like walks out of the house without them knowing, and he like 
gives himself up to rich folks who will pay so he can uh, give money to his daughter and granddaughter. Ganthi just like gave himself up to these rich people and then was just like never brought up again for the rest of the movie. Just like, oh, That's shit, not- Grandpa's dead. Well, that was one way to introduce the idea that rich people will buy poor people to kill because they bring them into the safety of their own home without having to go out and be at risk. But they do that by capturing all of the characters we've been following and then sticking them in a chamber in like a basement, like behind, you know, the screen or whatever, before all hell breaks loose down there. It's just addressed eventually, but I don't think the intention of these... It's weird because it's the same thing that B-movies have always done, which is we make a movie cheap with a concept and some art that is way bigger than this movie is going to be. Like the VHS box art is cooler than the movie is. But for some reason, this one bothers me more. Dude, it, I think it's just because it got very popular when it did. But I'm so glad you brought up like, the VHS box art because it seems like they just designed masks. And they'd be like, all right, what can we do about this? Like, how can we re- make a movie around this mask? Like, especially the third one. Like, all the marketing was around the, like, a uh, Statue of Liberty lady and the Uncle Sam person. And they're in it for a scene. And they're foreign. They're not even like, we're America. You know? It- now they're criticizing America for liking murder. And they travel to America so they can legally murder. Yeah. I found it really interesting that that Purge election year came out three months before the 2016 election came out. I'm going to assume they planned that. It's the Wikipedia page talking, so forgive me, but also Trump for his reelection campaign used the same uh, slogan that this movie put on its poster, which is keep America great. Uh Well, no, keep America great was 2020. Make America great. Was 2016. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying is that this movie came out first, and then for the 2020 election, Trump used the same slogan. Oh, so he had oh, the foreknowledge of yeah. being like, oh, okay. Well, I mean, granted, it's not exactly a far leap to say keep America great after make America great. Yeah, um, we've talked a lot about election year. Uh, do we want to just jump into that one? Does anyone have anything? Any anything else they want to say about anarchy? There's not enough differences between anarchy and election year for me to like even add anything. Yeah. Other than it's like we're protecting a, a senator. Yeah. So that, don't is, forget, that is the difference. The anar- anarchy was about Frank Grillo leading a group of survivors from one place to another and getting into gunfights along the way. Uh, Alex, do you want to do a summation of election year for us? Do I ever? Um, so Frank Grillo, and I verified it was the same character because I was like, he was acting so much different, like he hadn't really learned anything from this. Is the bodyguard of a senator who, as a child, her family was um, tortured and killed in front of her. During that's the closest this movie gets to horror is the beginning scene of uh, election year, where there's just like a serial killer in a mask sitting in a circle. He's playing the music, kicks off with "20th Century Boy" by T Rex, and then he. I hated that the movie started with one song, then immediately switched to another song for no reason. Just start with the one song. We don't you need to. What? You don't need to pay George. I mean, I I wish George Clinton all the money in the world, but um, and Mark Boland, they can all have the money. But you really didn't need to license two songs because you're about to license a much bigger song at the in the middle of this movie too. Well, also, didn't they do that because the whole point of them starting with 20th Century Boy was to then switch it? 
to know that there's a man murdering people because he changed the song on his like iPhone or iPod. Yeah, yeah, it shows the screen and he swaps and he goes, "This is my purge yeah. playlist." Because mm-hmm. they teased us and they they made it like there's also just like the Ted Bundy type people that are doing the purge too, and they're doing like the slaughterhouse thing. So that's how we were introduced to election year. But that wasn't like the theme of the murders that would happen the rest of the film, which was they basically just showed like different like subgenres of like murderers because we also got culty religious murderers. So I I don't know. But yeah, Alex, it's, continue it's with the, uh, the summary. Sorry. So there, it's an election year, and the person that is running as senator, her family has been killed. I didn't actually realize that. I read that in the synopsis while I was watching the movie, and I was like, oh, that's the same girl that survives. Apparently she survived that beginning scene. And uh, she doesn't want the purge anymore, and if she wins, uh, she's going to use a, wow, how am I forgetting the word, an executive order to end the purge. And that is threatening to the new founding fathers, which is the government organization and party that has been sort of the main protagonist or antagonist in all three of these movies. And uh, they decide that for this year only, this is a rule we haven't talked about, but one of the rules of the purge is you can't kill political leaders. You can't kill political leaders and you can't use like over class four explosives. Those are the two things we hear over and over again for some reason. I don't know what a class four explosive is, but uh, they, they lift the ban so that they can kill her. And so the whole movie is is her trying to win the election and survive, and Frank Grillo is her bodyguard from the previous film. Um, what is the name of the character from the first movie, the homeless guy that shows up in the next two movies? Does anybody it's remember? Bloody Stranger on Google. I don't know that they give him a name. They give him a name because he's in the third one, and I don't know if he's supposed to be the same character. He's the freedom fighter they see on TV at the beginning, and they eventually run into toward the end. That guy's name, the character's name is uh, Dante. And the other one yeah. was, Car- yes. and Michael K. White's character is Carmelo. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, it's Dante is the same guy as from the first one. Either way, there's a senator. She's running from the major political party on the day of the purge because they've decided you can kill political opponents on the purge. It's an allegory. It's really tough to figure out what they're talking about. And uh, this movie does the same thing that the other movies did where... It's, you know what I'm saying, Brad, you and I have talked about this with superhero films. It's like the Daredevil thing. He's one of my favorite characters, but I'm so sick of the Daredevil and Batman. Like, we don't kill. In a movie about killing. And so this movie just kind of, we can talk about stuff in the middle, but it winds up at the end with, there's an assassination attempt on the political opponents. And... The senator decides that she's better than that and doesn't want to turn them into a martyr, and so they don't want to kill him. So she could beat him on election night, fair and square, because the system works. And boy, do I have a lot of feelings about that fucking bullshit in this movie. Yeah, that was like my biggest takeaway from the movie is like, why not make political opponents like a protected thing? Because at that point, why have elections at all? Why why have elections in the beginning of the movie when she's talking like after her first debate that you see? Um, uh, she said, I, I just wrote down in my note, we kill people to be in, so that we're nice the rest of the year, but in 2040, we still have the electoral college because she's like, you'll have 270. And I was like, you realize it's the difference between 2020 and 2040. So this has been going on for 18 years. And in some of the beginning scenes, you have people going, what's happened to our country? 
This has been going on for 18 fucking years and you're still like, what's happening? You know what's happening. This is crazy. I would like to talk about the Candy Girls. God. Talk about the Candy Girls. Yeah. yeah. Why not? (laughs) Why? But just why? Can you imagine driving a car? So they... The Candy Girls are these girls in the shop. Uh, there's the main. There's a few main characters, much like the last one. In this one, it is a bodega owner who loses his purge insurance, and uh, he has to protect his shop. That is sort of the one of the first plot lines. At the beginning of the movie, you're, they're in the bodega, and there is a group of girls. Like uh, I think they're supposed to be high school girls or like young adults, and they are all trying to steal candy bars from this place. Uh, there's a legendary killer, apparently. Do they ever really say what she did? No, but, but they do was, have a name for her. Pequeña Muerte. A little death, whatever she said. I think something like that, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a little death. So the bodega owner's friend is a killer, and they respect her, so they leave. But they show up later in the most ridiculous gear, and their cars are completely covered in Christmas lights. In a way that, like, you cannot fucking see where you're going. And then they're, like, covered... They're wearing, like, little, like, dresses, and, like, they're covered in blood. And, like, the leader of the Candy Girls is, like, the worst actor I've ever seen. I'm gonna get my candy! I just already killed my parents, and you're next! Like, it was the worst. It's a problem in all these movies that it depicts people that want to purge as complete psychopaths. Like, hilariously, like, local theater, like... I'm acting crazy by like swinging on a swing and going <laughs> like that's them acting crazy and like or people screaming like yeah I love to purge purging is cool and it makes them look nuts they don't have a name they don't have an identity they don't humanize anyone in this fucking movie except for the four people that the camera's following and that is kind of the point they're trying to make is to humanize people by saying like the lower class is oppressed this is the most extreme version we can think of. And yeah, the candy girls are the most, like the worst version of we're crazy. We love to kill people once a year. Harley Quinn vibes. <laughs> I'm not like the girls. I purge. Bro, the candy girls were covered in blood, threatening the bodega owner to, to kill him while dancing in the street to party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. That was the, that was the, where I was talking about earlier where I was like, they licensed uh, T-Rex, which is probably expensive, and they licensed George Clinton, which is probably expensive, and they licensed Miley Cyrus, which is like, just save the budget and make a better and movie. Wait, is he? Is Oh, yeah, they play I'm Afraid of, of Americans. Americans. I yeah. forgot about that, yeah. Well, I do think that we should all be candy girls for Halloween together. <laughs> I was thinking that. For... I don't hate it, but who gets Horror to be the main con. one? That's you. the real question. I'm in. Let's do it. Hey, can I be the one, like, the high school girl that, like, never mind, cut this part. Because there was a, they were very, very sexualized. And there was one that were just, like, had the camera, just, like, close up on a butt as she's, like, walking around. I'm like, are these, like, high school? You want to be teens? the sexy butt girl? I want to be the sexy Brad? butt one, yeah. I'll be, like, like, Charlie Kelly and Always Sunny doing the butt dance. But, but. <laughs> it's weird. Well, the, the thing is, is, like, they set them up as, like, also main antagonists in this movie and then they dispatch <laughs> them at minute 20. They get the <laughs> like, over. They show yeah. up and they get hit by a fucking car. Yeah. 
<laughs> they get run over by Pequena Muerta. And she goes in her little, like, pur- like her mini purge binge to get rid of them to save the uh, bodega owner and, and I don't know, his soon to his protege, his partner. I don't know who this kid. He he goes from like the kid. Is that the the one that gets the bodega at the end? He's like the. Yes. He's one of. The, I thought he was an employee there or something. He is. He's okay. like the. Yeah. He's like sweeping the floor to start, and all of a sudden, then it's like I want to make you a partner. It's like okay. Every day in Juarez was like the purge. <laughs> Can I just? Which say... I feel like he's probably not wrong, though. I mean. My favorite part is on Google when you like list out the full cast because they've dehumanized everyone except the main characters, like you said, Alex. So in the second one, we have uh, characters that are old, elegant woman, deranged woman, and then in election year, we have screaming woman, unassuming woman, crazy man. Uh, yeah, I'm glad man. Men, are, men are finally getting it stuck to them. Not enough yeah. people call men crazy, you know? <laughs> There's drab-suited man one and drab-suited man two. That reminds me of uh, at our company we used to play for at the, uh, the softball games. Um, the rules of, like, the league, you had to have, like, male batter, male batter, female batter. Like, you had to, at least, like, a female batter, like, in between, like, a couple male batters. And we never had enough women signing up to play. So there'd always be, like, a rotating, like, the uh, a female player could like bat like twice an inning or something like that. But the person that was making the uh the batting chart, instead of like putting names and saying like they'll be rotating out, just to kind of keep it clear, they had girl one, girl two, girl three. <laughs> they, he wasn't doing that to be like a dick. Like it was like probably less confusing than saying person name slash person name slash person name rotating. But it's just so funny that they're just girl one, girl two, girl three. It's a metaphor for life. Yeah. So, uh, as we continue on after the candy girls are dead, the rest of the movie is them running from the new founding fathers. I'm just going to cruise full speed into the end of this because who really gives that much of a shit? And they end up at a church where they've been captured by the new founding fathers because they have a midnight purge mass and they act like complete lunatics who are um they pray to violence basically which sounds really cool when i say it out loud but it's not um like you know praying to the blood god sounds pretty fucking cool but instead they're just like we love america and it's just they just replace jesus in prayers with like the purge and their right to purge or whatever they bring out a guy on stage who was a drug addict and they let him purge to show that he's like a newfound person and by that i just mean kill people because that's what the purge means is kill people it does not mean crime is legal it means murder is legal um and uh as i mentioned from the last movie we don't kill people if we're the good guys we just don't do it and we'll kill everybody except for like certain characters so frank grillo has killed like 37 people at this point and then once we get to the end of the movie the senator that is not even a senator is it like a president trying to run again yeah, so it's the uh, that guy trying to run again who has put out the hit on the senator who wants to end the purge. He keeps trying to tell them to kill him when he shows up. They refuse to kill him, but Frank Grillo, I, I wrote this down, we don't purge our enemies. We punch them in the dick. <laughs> so he's, she says something about not killing him, and Frank just goes, she's more politically correct than I am. And then he punches him in the dick. And that's... Uh, 
that's that's that they they end up winning the election and at the end of the movie after a bunch of characters have been killed this is the most important point to me and this is the reason i hate this movie it goes beyond like i don't like this movie to like the politics of this movie are a problem to me um the the juarez guy he now owns the bodega and uh at the like they show like the election has been won which means there's going to be an executive order for the purge to end and he's just on a ladder like stocking shelves and he turns and looks out the window at a waving an american flag and smiles eat my ass that is such fucking bullshit to be like you see all these problems with america it's because your side didn't win violence isn't the answer no it sometimes is the answer you stupid fucking movie like you're showing that they will not play fair why should we it's so stupid anyway yeah Alex just, wants there to be a purge yes no no i do not i just want I'm there to be a uh, ubc city to be the first to go yeah I would, yeah, would. I would deliver myself to a rich person and I'd just be like, <laughs> just give do my, give my dogs like 20 bucks or a chew toy. Do we have more to say? I have two. They're not yeah. even would you rather questions, but they're two like fun questions. No, I've got, I've got more to say. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. We're just I, cruising through this just, one. It's, this is a small thing, but it's so weird to me that arbitrarily maybe this is answered in the first purge but it's so weird that arbitrarily may 26th is the election day in this world like at the end of the movie they're like two months later and it's like may 26th election day and then she's casting the first ballot like or it's dumb but one thing i like one of my thoughts about any of these movies but especially these anarchy and election election year uh why would you go out and purge like what I understand like the draw to like get your violence out, but imagine being like the candy girls or like the peop the, the foreigners that dressed up as like the Statue of Liberty and Uncle Sam. Imagine like spending all that time and effort like putting string lights all around your car and making cool outfits, getting cool little golden AK forty sevens and making all this cool stuff. And then like two minutes into it you get run over by a fucking car or you get mowed down by a guy with a minigun. Like why would you even bother going out? Like I'm gonna have so much fun, I'm gonna go out and like purge and do all this shit. And then a guy with a bigger gun just like kills you from across the street and you're dead. Like why? <laughs> How stupid because are you? Because well, if you've seen these movies, you know that there's only like 15 people and they've all separated themselves across the city. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah there's there's no benefit to it. The the it breaks down the second you think about any of it. Oh, I and like that. Five movies. I like with air quotes that uh, Frank Grillo got shot by a spider tracer bullet. Like, he got shot early on in a firefight, and then they kept getting hounded by these paramilitary guys, and, like, at one point, he pulled the bullet out, and he goes, it's a tracer, and so, like, that's how they've been following them. Like, what? <laughs> this one bullet? How would they not, like, look at their GPS and see, like, a million different little red dots, like, at this one house? Like, huh. I don't know where he went. Because they shot fucking everywhere. But the one that hits is the tracer. I think we're thinking too hard about this. I know. I keep these are things that I kept saying to Car. She goes, "It's a movie. Shut up." Uh, but one of my notes is in bold and all caps: "Purge insurance," because I kept asking about this and how it would even happen, and they brought it up. Dick punching insurance. I got that. Nikki, you wanna you wanna bring us home here? What do you got? Questions. Yes. Yeah. Are you gonna ask if we would purge? No, I'm asking what crime you commit in on purge night. I'll go first. 
I'm downloading all the LimeWire music on my parents' PC. <laughs> I'm like 2003 Dell. <laughs> and I'm burning CDs. You'll be able to download one CD in the 12 hours that is The Purge. <laughs> yeah, it'll take a long time, but I'll get one CD a year. Pretty sweet deal. It's like Christmas. Um, Alex, what crime you committing? Oh, also I'd rob a Target. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go with probably arson or something like that because I think it'd be fun to burn a building down. Hmm, that seems that seems more fun. I don't want people to be in it. I'm not interested in killing people. It just doesn't interest me at all. Maybe a couple, but like not a lot. So yeah, probably arson. But you know, realistically, theft, fireworks. taking yeah. money and putting it in my pockets and then walking away seems pretty cool. <laughs> I'm like a bank or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. I would like. Steal some like this, uh, hatch a little scheme of mine that I'm famous for to like steal some rich dude's money. Is hatch that is scheme. that something you're known for? <laughs> uh, in certain circles. <laughs> All right. That reminds me of uh, we had a friend give himself a nickname once. He called one of my friend's girlfriends. He's like, I'm just going to say his name because who cares? Uh, he just goes, Hey, it's Mike. I'm the funny one. And then he just like he was leaving a voicemail like. No one had declared him the funny one. He did. This is awesome. <laughs> That's hilarious. So he's it's self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> Don't dream it, be it. I had a uh, real quick. Karen, what I have a follow-up to Alex's follow-up, but Karen, what's your what's your crime on Purge Night? Uh Grand Theft Auto, for sure. I want to steal really a good car and then drive it real fucking fast. Any specific that, car you're thinking of? Um, just one that goes really fucking fast. There's probably a couple of those out there. So, like, a, I guess like oh, I, would, I would just Porsche. poop on Teslas. That's what I would do. That's I, yeah. my, my well, I probably should. I wouldn't be a Tesla. I'd be like, um, like a Porsche or something like that. Like something that I could just let loose, like on Lakeshore Drive or something. And then I dump it. I don't need that car. I just want to drive it real fucking fast. So GTA some, for sure. Some douche in my neighborhood has like a Rolls Royce that they keep parked on the fucking street. Yeah, that is so brave anywhere, not just yeah. like in the city. It's like that's ridiculous. But also, why they just want to flaunt it? Does it oh. look like a Corilla Deville car? Or is it like a new one? It's like a new one. Okay, that's no fun. Uh, Alex, I got to follow up to your little uh nickname tangent real quick because uh, I had a friend in, in high school. We we spent a lot of time in Gurney Mills, and we were walking through uh through the mall. And there was like one of those little like hat center kiosks that was all about like putting your own little custom like a uh, thing like word or phrase or image on a hat. And this guy goes, hey, man, you want a hat? I got a hat for you right here. This red hat. Like, we can put your nickname on it. We can make it say Beastmaster. You want it to say Beastmaster, Beastmaster? Come on, get this hat, Beastmaster. <laughs> so we just kept calling this kid Beastmaster forever. That's a really good nickname. I like it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, My other answer, like my because. Hey, I don't need to download on LimeWire. Spotify exists. Um, I would probably also, aside from theft, like break in somewhere that's usually like closed, like an arcade that's closed at a weird hour, or like a theme park, and like just break in and like. We're do- what we're doing is we're going to run Six Flags, but just us. It's going to be yeah. great. It's white. It's green. It's the Wizard Machine. Enjoy your ride. I'll be God the announcer. I just want to. See how many laps until something breaks. Just just keep going. I've never been on a roller coaster that went more than one lap, so that'd be pretty cool. 
Oh, I did the Batman like four times in a row because it was like slightly sprinkling, so nobody was in lines. So the guys, like, you guys just want to go again? Like, yeah. I don't want it to stop at the like go thing. I just want it yeah. to just keep going. Okay, my next question is: Who in your life would purge you? So I'll go first because I have an example. A year ago, I went to a Dunkin' Donuts and it was like really busy in the morning. I ordered an iced coffee. She gave me a hot coffee. And like normally I don't like make a fuss. Like I would take the hot coffee, but it was so slammed. And I was like, um, ma'am, actually, like it's supposed to be iced. And she was so fucking pissed because like she was busy and it was like, ugh. So she had to make that iced coffee. So she would purge me, I think. Like she would find me. Like, because I was like that annoying customer that one time. Um, Brad, who's purging you? Uh, I think the owner of my local comic book store would probably purge me just because he's like angry about everything in general, even though like, I try and like make small talk with him and everything like. I don't know, I, I think I think the last time I went, I was like, hey, do you have this this graphic novel I'm looking for? I looked over in the section to be in and I didn't see it. I was wondering if maybe you had it in a different spot. And he like begrudgingly went over to the spot that I had looked in that I told him I looked in and said, no, we don't have it. And then like was very short with me so i think that he just hates everyone and would just like purge me out of opportunity i thought he would say something like i can order it for you he didn't but i i kind of looked last uh on wednesday when i went and it was there i was like i have all these in single issue i found out so i don't need this so sorry i mean we didn't we didn't talk about it so i hope he purges you he's purging you al pal Probably the person that I road raged on like a week ago. Um, actually, coming home from that Texas Chainsaw showing, uh, where I live, you to get to Atlantic Highlands, you just drive straight up the coastline on like the edge of New Jersey there, and it was slammed with people because it was July Fourth weekend, and uh, so I had to take an alternate route around. And I was in a neighborhood just north of my town. And, like, the towns are split up by, like, there's a bridge. It's another town. It's very, very, like, close together. And some giant SUV um, through a a really, like, small neighborhood filled with people decided to pass me in, like, a no-passing zone. They just, like, drove around me going really fucking fast. So I did what any sane human being would do. And I like to just honk consistently for like a really dumb amount of time and potentially flash them like i'll just keep flashing and honking and i thought this was very funny because it usually startles people and i did this for i don't know four or five blocks and then i eventually stopped and it's funny because uh as soon as i stopped i passed and there was a cop parked um and uh i eventually caught up to him uh like two blocks from my house and he was crossing this bridge into our town and I did it again and he was turning left and he slammed on his brakes and I drove super fast. I had a, a, a right arrow and I just drove around his car and drove away real fast and I could hear him chase after me, but I looped around the block a few times and then I parked in our lot. But I, that probably that person wants to kill You're me. You're such a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know, Chicago did it to me um, because uh, everybody passes you on the right and that shit, like, in Chicago, when that would happen to me, I learned to just step on the gas as hard as I can when somebody tries to do that. So they almost hit a car, which did actually happen to me once. Uh, I don't Dude, I have, thought that felt so good. I don't have consistent road rage, but when it comes out, I'm. it's embarrassing how much it comes out, where I'm just like, no, fuck you. 
However, in this situation, I was laughing. Like, this was like, ha ha, this is annoying. <laughs> and then he stopped, and I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I did a bad. <laughs> I would purge you too if that were me. Alex, I'm I mean, on the I'm, same page as you. Like, I, I understand I'm kind of the asshole here because uh, <laughs> the punishment didn't fit the crime. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not pretending like I'm a hero in this situation. I was just yeah. an annoying dickhead on the road. Yeah. That's fair. Karen? <laughs> Who's purging your ass? I mean, I would purge Alex for that shit. That's a purge-worthy offense. Why are you Who's passing in a no-passing zone through intersections <laughs> where people live? <laughs> Why would you annoy somebody two blocks from your own home when they're very much going to come after you for that? That's why you would purge me? Is because of my location? No, I mean, if I was those people in that car, I'd fucking want to purge you too. I'm in a little tiny Honda Civic hybrid that can go like 40 miles per hour like in 30 seconds. And yeah, I'm, I'm going beep, 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 beep over and over again. That's why you killed me. You, so you've got little car syndrome. <laughs> you do. You very much do. Um, who would purge me? I don't know. I feel like there's, I don't know. I feel like there's a hefty list of folks. when you're derby girls? You yell at one of the derby girls too hard. No, I don't think they'd purge me. That's good. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. Do not leave that in. Do not leave that in. I'm just going to put a beep over leave. it. We're going to laugh. <laughs> and then it'll go on. Nobody will know that's what we said. Yeah, That was the first one that popped in. That yeah. was the first thing that popped in my head when you asked that question. Okay, I was like, you got to beep it so it goes uh, beep. <laughs> well, now you have to beep we'll that too. Do the, uh, oh, do the Aqua Teen Hunger Force thing where I put the beep after or before the word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's rich. That's rich. Um, that those were the first... only two purge questions I had. Because, like, what am I going to say? Would you rather purge like this or that? Like, fucking no. All right, I got one, though. Yeah. The inverse of Nikki's. Who would you purge? Alex? Uh, it's, I've moved on in my life, but I think if I had to pick somebody, it's uh, a, one of the many people in high school like calling me creative nicknames in front of like my mom when she'd drop me off at school. There's an F-slur involved, and I'm just like, you know, it'd be cool to chainsaw like those dudes' legs off. But other than that, I wouldn't hurt anybody. Says vegan. I'm not allowed to chainsaw the legs off a person because I'm a vegan. You could have them for foot fajitas, Karen. Play your cards right. I was gonna give them to you, but now I'm thinking might not. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. I'll take your. I'll take the foot fajitas. Karen, Uh, who who would I? Who would I purge? I mean, the list is very long, and all of them are um, white supremacists. I thought you were just gonna say. Uh, I will. I will that. <laughs> like a Highlander situation, they're gonna yeah, one. Exactly. Um, it's the end of the Matrix between the two of you. Explode. <laughs> no, I definitely just go purge a bunch of white supremacists. That's what I do. Yeah, that's a good answer, Nikki. Um, yeah, I mean that's like the right answer. Like <laughs> bad people. Yeah, I don't. I don't want the right answer. I want something silly. Okay, first Nikki I would Eagle. purge like every bad person out there that's evil, and second probably the person a person that lives 
in my building because I think he's a serial killer. And what I actually bleep this because I'm afraid he'll listen to this and he'll murder me. Uh-oh. I would purge someone who I know adjacently in living Above quarters. You. And I have to say it quietly because you just never know if he's listening. It's going to be that guy at the beginning of that third purge movie. <gasps> Fourth. Third. You're right. Third. Yep, 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 yep. Speaking of third purge movie, where can you find us on the internet, Brad? I didn't pick on you today, Karen. Uh, well, first I got to tell you who I'd purge, and then I can tell you where to. I'd purge Alex for skipping over my purge answer. Uh, <laughs> See, I set you up for that. I was trying to make good content. Uh, well, you failed, as we have for like two years now. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we're doing good. We're killing it. We're purging it. Uh, there's a person that lives like two houses down from my mother-in-law, and my mother-in-law uses a cane, and we have to help her like up and down the stairs just because some days she has worse days than others. So like when we pick her up to take her to appointments and just take her to do things because she's not driving herself, um, we usually park in front of her house. So this person two two doors down, they've seen her come out like with her cane. They've seen her like slowly like get into our car and us help her and everything like that. So they were parking there for a little bit and they saw her, then they moved their car. Well then they got a new car and said, Oh fuck that, we're parking our Mercedes here. So I'd purge that person. But jokes on them because she's applying for a handicap zone in front of her house, so get fucked. Suck at nerds. <laughs> yeah. Um speaking of nerds, nerds can suck us at on Instagram at Splatter Marines. <laughs> Nikki's face. It's <laughs> gonna get us all purged. We're all going to jail. <laughs> Nerds can find us on Instagram at Splatter Brains Podcast on Facebook uh, at Splatter Brains Podcast, um, and you can email us at brains splatter at gmail dot com. And on that note, Frank Grillo farts. There you go.